talking to you. Nehemiah chapter number 2. The Bible says, And it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the twelfth year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been aforetime, beforetime sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid. Then said, uh, and said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said unto me, For what uh, doest thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven a quick prayer, no doubt. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant hath found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, The queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be, and when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it pleased the king, let letters be given to me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come unto Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, that which appertaineth to the house, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me, notice, according to the good hand of my God upon me. Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant the Ammonite heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I rose in the night, I and some men with, a few men with me, neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley even before the dragon well, and to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down, and the gates thereof was consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then went I up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall, and turned back and entered uh, by the gate of the valley, and so returned. And the rulers not knew, whither I, uh, knew not whither I went or what I did, neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, or nor, nor to the nobles, uh, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that, had done, uh, that did the work. Then said I unto them, You see the distress that we're in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire? Come, and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that uh, we be no more a reproach. Then I told them, notice again, of the hand of my God which was good upon me, as also, uh, as also the king's word that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant the Ammonite and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that you will do? Will you rebel against the king? Then answered thy them, and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we as servants will arise and build. But you have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this period of time, God, this precious period of time, that we can gather around your word. God, and study and see what thus saith the word of the Lord. God, thank you for the songs that was sung. Thank you, dear God, that you're still able to do miracles in our lives. Oh, God, you're still able to heal. You're still able to touch us, God. You're still able to save to the uttermost. 
all that will come to you by Christ Jesus. And God, as it was in Nehemiah's day, you're still able to help us to do the work, God, that you set forth for us to do. I pray tonight, dear God, you'd anoint your servant. Help us, dear God, uh, uh, to proclaim your word, dear God. We realize so keenly that we can't do it without you, God, without your power, without your help. But God, I pray tonight you'd encourage your children, help your people tonight, dear God. Help us to see your word. And our Father, what you do for us, we'll thank you. And we'll praise you in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. And the church said, Amen. Amen. I want to give you just a little bit of history here about where we're at and what's going on here in the book of Nehemiah. If you that have studied the Word of God realize that in Nehemiah's day, they were exiles coming back uh, uh, from Babylon. They had been taken away in captivity for 70 years. In 605 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar carried away thousands of Jews captive into Babylon. And 18 years later, the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem, looted the temple, and carried away more Jews again. Seventy years later, the prophecy was fulfilled when the Jews were allowed by Cyrus to return and rebuild Jerusalem's temple. Jeremiah had prophesied for 40 long years and said that God's going to carry you away if you don't listen, if you don't repent, if you don't come back to God as a nation. God is going to carry us away. Where are we at today, folks? Amen. What's going on in our nation today? But I believe the same God that was in Nehemiah's day is the same God that's right here today. God can revive us. God can bring our nation back. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to take to bring our churches back. I don't know what it's going to take to bring us as individuals back to the place where we'll really put God number one in our lives. But in 535 B.C., uh, uh, of course, Cyrus allowed Zerubbabel to lead the first group with Haggai and Zechariah as they exhorted the people to build the temple. Two times the, the work was stopped that was going on. And then 50 year, uh, 57 years later, a second group led by Ezra, as you'll read in the book of Ezra, returned and led them to seek God's blessing. And the work started again after those two delays in rebuilding the temple. And it was rebuilt. Now, we're right here to the book of Nehemiah 15 years later. And Nehemiah leads a third group back to rebuild the walls and fortify the city from attack and give security and protection. Uh, We pick up the story right here of Nehemiah being inspired by God after he heard in chapter number 1 what was going on in the city. When he heard how the walls were torn down, when he heard how the enemy had come against Jerusalem and the walls were breached and there was no fortification, there was no safety, there was no protection for his beloved country and his people. And he began to beg God to bring about a change in their life. Listen, do you realize this one prayer that Nehemiah prayed changed the course of a whole nation? It changed the course of Israel's history when Nehemiah got down and began to pray. Let's look at his prayer for just a minute. This is a prayer of remorse. Look at the Bible, uh, what it says there in chapter 1 and verse number 4. It said, When it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible one that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Listen, this was a prayer of remorse. He got down and fasted and prayed. It said certain days. We don't know how long he fasted, but we know for a fact from chapter number one to chapter number two, where I started reading, was four months. This is how long he had mourned and prayed. Day and night, the Bible said, there before the God of heaven. And he cried out to God about uh, the, the way his people were having to live. The, uh, uh, the way the, the country was and the way the city was. And what had happened to the nation of Israel. Oh, he was burdened in his soul. And just like uh, Job of old, he sat down in ashes and he sat down and mourned. That word there is the same word in the Old Testament where it talks about a, a woman having a child. And going into labor with contractions. That's how anguished and desperate he was before God. When he said, oh Lord God. But then not only was it a prayer of remorse. It was a, thank God. It was a prayer, thank God, of recognition. Listen, he recognized 
who God was. He said, O Lord God. That word means uh, Jehovah Elohim. Now, that word Jehovah is a strange word. Chris, you ever studied that? The word Jehovah is three verbs. What kind of a name is three verbs? <laughs> the, the word J-E, that little word, means is. <laughs> H-O-V means was. And the word V-A-H means is to come. The great I am, thank God. He recognized who God was. And the word Elohim means that one that makes something out of nothing. He recognized the God that he is talking to. And that's what Jesus taught us to pray, wasn't it? Uh, when he taught us to pray, thank God, he said, Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, we need to get back to that, don't we? He recognized the character of God. He said, you're the one that's consistent. You keep covenant and you keep mercy with them that love you, with them that'll serve you. You're not gonna break your promise, he said. God was consistent, but he also saw it was a prayer of recognition of Israel's sin and he included himself. Boy, we have to do that today with America, don't we? Amen. It's part of our fault, the church's fault, that we stood by and let things go and not spoke up. The Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now listen, it was also a prayer of remembrance. Look in verse number eight. He said, remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou hast commanded thy servant Moses, saying, if you transgress, I'll scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn to me and keep my commandments and do them, though therewith you cast out into the uttermost part of the heaven, Yet will I gather them from thence. Now how did Nehemiah know to quote out of Deuteronomy chapter number 4 and chapter number 12? I believe you've been taught that, don't you? No doubt Nehemiah had been born in captivity there. At his age and what he was doing as a cupbearer, he had been raised up there in the palace uh, in Shushan. But listen, God had a different program for him. God had a different idea. And listen, when he prayed, he said, God, you remember what you said? He brought God the record of what he had promised Israel. If they, had, if they went away from God, if they went back on God, if they had just returned and turned back to God, just like Chronicles said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, seek my praise, and pray and turn from the wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. And he said, I'll heal their land. That's what Jeremiah was doing. He remembered God's promise. Listen, all the promises of God in him are in him, yea, and in him, amen. God's not made one promise that he won't keep. And then he also remembered God's people. Look at it. He said, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of my servant and of the prayer of thy servants. Notice that. Who, des who desire to fear thy name and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant, this day, listen, he was reminding God. You say he was reminding God? We have the right and the privilege and the responsibility to pray according to the Word of God. When we pray according to the Word of God, when we pray according to truth, hey, listen, we have the right, we can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. You'll never get anywhere praying until you pray according to the word. Amen. When you remember what God said and you put God's word in your prayers, hey, listen, God will be attentive. And that's what I, I, I was going to preach tonight on the thought I preached a couple of weeks ago up at Mount Olive on have you got God's attention. He said, let thy ear be attentive to my prayer. God, I want your attention today. Listen, when you humble yourself before God, that's the one thing that will get God's attention. Hey, listen, the Bible said he gives more grace to the humble. The Bible said he has respect unto the lowly, but the proud he seeth far off. When we humble ourselves to God, the Bible said he'll exalt us in due time. Under his mighty hand, the Bible said. There's nothing that feeds humbleness more than prayer. Starves pride to death. Amen. When you pray and see God's face, well, how long has it been since we fasted? How long has it been since we missed a meal? 
Huh? I mean, we're desperate over somebody who's lost. We're crying out to God. God, bring conviction on that person. God, help them to see. God, open their eyes. How long has it been since we said, God, I'm just going to afflict myself and I'm not going to eat today or for a week or for a month or however long it takes. He was desperate over his people and over his nation. How long has it been since we really wept over our nation, folks? I mean, got down and cried out to God in behalf of our nation. Listen, God, the Bible said, will judge any nation that forgets God. He'll put them in hell, the Bible said. Where are we at today? What's going on in this nation today? Is God's people blind and deaf to the fact that we're murdering babies thousands at a time? Are we blind to the fact that we're denying God in every uh, form of our life and every walk of our life? And our nation is saying it's okay, folks. He was disturbed. He was disturbed. He was distraught about his nation. And he's crying out to the God of heaven. The God that is and was and always shall be. We've got the God that's still on the throne. And we can go and cry out to him. But notice not only that, it was a prayer of reliance. The Bible said, Prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. Now I believe if you look at the time frame, it had come down (laughs) to seeing and telling time. He had come down to show and tell. He's saying, This day, help me in front of this man. Right now. When it comes time that God calls your number, how's it going to be? When it comes time when we have to face God and stand before God with the deeds done in this body, how's it going to be with us, folks? When God's told you to do something and the time comes and God says right now, today's the day of salvation. Now's the accepted time, the Bible said. But listen, he had to depend upon God. He said, I'm praying for the prayer of my servants who desire to fear thy name. And he said, Prosper, I pray thee, thy servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was, did you notice that little word was, how, how carefully the Spirit of God placed that word? He put it in the past tense, didn't he? Amen. He was praying that God would send him back to his country to rebuild those walls and he put that word in the past tense. He said, I was the king's cupbearer. Now this is a very important position. This man tasted everything that went in that king's mouth. Food or drink. He tasted everything to make sure that someone wasn't trying to kill him by poisoning him. He had become the king's confidant. He was there with him day after day after day. And here we see God calling somebody, just like he did Noah that was a husbandman. He's calling him to build something. Are you following me now? He's calling someone that done nothing for a job but to taste something and to eat something. And he's called him to go uh, to Jerusalem and take material and build great and humongous walls. I don't find anywhere in the Bible, there might have been now, but I don't find anywhere where anybody helped Noah much. No wonder it took him 120 years. Think about it. That's a great big boat, folks. And they didn't have the, the, the tools like we have. I, they must have built wood ladders to get up there. Man, it's seven five foot tall, you know. You think about it. But this was a humongous task that he was calling Nehemiah to do. But he said, right now, Lord, at the present time, I need to trust you right now, this day, at the present, because I'm the king's cupbearer. And the Bible said the next few verses that he went before the king with a sad countenance. Now that king could have had his head cut off just at any second. It was the history of those kings that nobody went before them with a sad face. Everything's supposed to be hunky-dory and good and great and no one brought anything uh, that had any kind of trouble with it in front of the king. So the Bible said, when the king asked him, what's wrong with your face, why are you sad? That he was sore afraid. I mean, he was very afraid. He was afraid for his life. He was afraid he was going to be killed. 
And what the Bible say he did? Not only was that a prayer of reliance, that was a prayer of reality. Hey, what he had been asking for was coming to fruition. What he had been begging God for was going to happen. So when he went before the king with a sad face and the king asked him that, he was afraid. But the king said, what do you have a request of? And the Bible said, why shouldn't my countenance be sad? Look at my nation. Look at my people. Look what's going on. And he said, well, what is your request? What is it that you want? Reality had met the road right here. So he shot up a prayer to God of reality. Listen, folks, this is not a game we're in. This is reality. This, this uh, 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 serving God, this, this church work that God's given us to do, preaching and praying and singing and witnessing to people, this is reality. This is what our life is for God. We're ambassadors in Christ's stead. I mean, listen, we don't need to take this lightly and take it as a cakewalk and take it as a joke. Listen, souls are in the balance. Everybody that we come in contact with could die and go to hell. What is our influence over them? What have we done? It's the will of God that people be saved. He said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What are we doing to see that happen? I mean, listen, he came to the place where reality set in. Folks, listen, your family's going to go to hell if they don't get saved. My family's going to go to hell if they don't get saved. Those that's out there wandering away are going to stand before God and give an account of why they're not in church. And we're going to give that same account too of why we didn't beg them and beseech them and pray for them. God help us, folks. I find myself in that same place sometimes, being lackadaisical, being uh, just uncaring. But the Bible said there, they said unto the king, let the king live forever. Why shouldn't I be sad? Look at the the place of my father's sepulchers, he said. So he prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, if it please the king, and thy servant hath found favor in thy sight. Listen, that word favor is the same word as grace. He needed grace, amen. And listen, the Bible said God gives more grace to those that will humble themselves in his sight. He said, would you send, he asked for three things, look at it. He said, will you send me to Judah? Will you give me safety? And will you supply the things that I need? Look at it. He said, will you send me to Judah? And he said, he set a time and it pleased the king. When you're going to return, he said, it pleased the king to send me. Moreover, I said, if it pleased the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river that I could be conveyed over. Now, when Ezra had went before him, he didn't ask God for anything. He said, God's going to take care of me. Here's a different circumstance. Nehemiah said, listen, I need safety. I need security. I need you to send letters so that I can be conveyed over safely so that I can get there and won't be killed in going there. And he also said, and send a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he will give me timber to make the beams of the gates of the palace that are pertaining to the house, for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. Now how did Nehemiah know that, Chris? He's a cupbearer. How did he know he'd need beams? How did he know he'd need wood? Been praying for four months, you see. Day and night. God had opened his eyes to what he'd need. God opened his eyes, listen, to the people that had the things that he needed. And the king had the power and the authority to send his word, just one letter, just one word, and say, I want you to give him this. I want you to give him safety. And listen, the king, you can find in uh, just a few verses later where he sent armed guards and horses with him to make sure that he got the... Listen, honey, when God tells you to do something, he'll give you everything you need to get the job done. Amen. When he tells you to witness to somebody, I don't care if it's your family. I don't care if it's that one that's cussing your mom and daddy-in-law. Hey, listen, he'll give you the grace and give you the words. Thank God. He'll give you the opportunity But are we walking through that door when he opens it? 
Amen. Are we really walking through that door? I can, I can count off numerous times in little old convenience stores or places. Spirit of God speak to me sometimes and say, you need to talk to them about Jesus. Well, I might invite them to church, but I didn't go any further than that. Don't look at me like that. You've done that too, ain't you? Amen. Oh, yeah, and I get under conviction. I've had to go back. I've had to go back and tell them I'm sorry and talk to them about Jesus. Amen. Guy I'm working with right now. I've tried to talk to him several times. He makes fun of me, laughs about it. But there will come a day when he won't laugh anymore. Hey, it breaks my heart when I see the condition of his soul. It broke Nehemiah's heart when he saw the condition of his people. It breaks my heart when I look about the church tonight and see faces missing that should be here, that have been here, and don't have enough concern about the house of God and the things of God even to show up. Nehemiah cried out to God. And he prayed. But he knew what to ask for. God had told him what to ask for. But notice what the Bible said here. He asked for three He asked for beams to go in three different places. And these were humongous, great big beams that go over a gate like on a gate of the city of Jerusalem. You've seen pictures of them. Gates over houses, uh, 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 beams that would go in a huge house. He needed a place to stay. God was providing that for him. He needed the beams for the gates had been burnt. He needed uh, a beam for the gates of the palace. And listen to what the Bible said there. In verse number 8, And this is my message tonight. (laughs) And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God. The The king granted me according to the good hand of my God. Now he had asked personally. He said this day I want you to give me favor in front of this man. Let me give you this little acrostic. This little outline right here about praying. That God gave me. P stands for praise. R stands for repent. A stands for ask. And Y stands for yield. Pray that way sometime. Praise Him. Repent. Then ask Him what you need. And then yield yourself to Him. I'm telling you, it'll work every time. That's exactly what Nehemiah did. I won't go back over that, but that's exactly the prayer that he prayed. Now, listen. We see what this prayer it was that Nehemiah prayed. Now we're going to see what it does. (laughs) It's a prayer of reality, as I said. We're going to see when we get God's attention. He said, Lord, let your ear be attentive to what I'm praying for. I want you to listen to what I'm saying, God. And he went through the prescribed way of humbling himself. And uh, uh, banking on God's uh, promises and saying, God, you said this and I believe it. I'm going to depend on it, God. And he cried out to God, listen, ain't it wonderful? (laughs) Ain't it wonderful, thank God, when you're praying about something and you keep on praying and you keep on praying. And boy, all of a sudden, it's there. Right in front of your face, God begins to answer. Boy, it's And one of my worst faults, I don't know about you, Chris, one of my worst faults is I've been praying about something, been praying about something, asking God for something, and when God does it, I'm surprised. Amen. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. I mean, I'm like astonished. I'm bowled over. Well, was we not expecting God to answer? God obligated himself if we come with clean hands and a pure heart and we ask according to God's will, God said, I will do it. Whatever you ask, do we believe that? Well, we ought to expect something from God sometimes. Amen. Hey, listen, I don't want to have cancer. I really don't. I wish it never happened. But God's trusted me with being sick. Of course, I'm not sick, you can tell. (laughs) Might be up here a little bit, but uh, there's no sickness about it. I just need to get it done. need to get it out before it goes any further. And I'm ready. I'm willing. Listen, God has got his hand up on that. When we, well, <laughs> glory to God in the Lamb forever. When we went in to have the biopsies, Mandela's sitting there and she said, do you want to pray? I said, well, you can if you want to. But really, I prayed and turned it over to God about a month ago. And I prayed this morning before I come. You can pray. It's always good to pray. 
But she said, I feel the same way. I've got peace about it. Boy, when she said peace, thank God I want you to know the Holy Ghost of God flooded that room. Hey, listen, thank God I felt his hand upon me. Now I knew everything was going to be all right, glory to God. And the, that wind, whoo, that wind from another country, glory to God, blew through there. Hey, man. She even got to shaking. <laughs> and she's not real emotional. Glory to God. I mean, it was real. The God of heaven heard us and the God of heaven was right there with me and said, everything's going to be, woo, everything's going to be all right. Thank God. Listen, Nehemiah prayed and he called on God. And he said, I've got your attention now. You're listening, God. I know you're listening. Why? Because the reply was definite, number one. Look at it. The king granted me according, the king granted me according to the good hand of my God that was upon me. Boy, ain't it wonderful? <laughs> ain't it wonderful when you pray through? Ain't it wonderful when you get down? And you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God said it's going to be all right. Amen. Amen. God's heard me. God's answered me. Hey, listen. I've got a Savior, glory to God, that's on the right hand of the Father making intercession for me. I guess you all to pray for me. And some of you are real close to me. And I appreciate your prayers. But I ain't gotten everyone as close to God as Jesus is. <laughs> Glory to God, he's sitting right there. Thank God he can reach out and take a hold of my hand. He can reach up and take hold of God's hand and bring us, woo, he can bring us together. Glory to God. And I know, thank God, he's making intercession with groanings that can't be uttered. Hallelujah to God. Yes, we've got a God that's like that. Amen. But he wants us to ask. God desires us, Miss Becky. Like those little kids come to you a lot of times, and I know, I've seen them tugging on your dress. And I've seen them grabbing for you and reaching for you because they need help. That's what God wants his children to do, folks. God wants us to depend upon him and say, God, without you, I can do nothing. God, I need you in my life. Oh, yes. His reply was definite. It said the king granted everything that he asked, and that was totally out of sync. That was totally out of the question for most of those eastern kings. When it come to their forests, I've read historical books about the Jews that many people were killed because they cut down one tree out of the king's forest without permission. Keepers of the forest were killed because they give away a tree that they shouldn't have. One tree. And you can imagine in 12 acres of walls and all those 12 gates and those two houses that needed beams, how much wood was going to have to be harvested? Huh? And how was it going to get there? God, hey, listen, God done had that all planned out. When he asked and he knew what to ask for, and he knew how much to ask for. And the Bible said that God said, not only that, there was never a time when the king would dispense and disperse those chariots and those horsemen unless it was somebody of great importance. It was usually another king or it was usually the queen or somebody like that that he had dispersed those armed guards for. But the Bible said that he dispersed those people and went before him and went with. Man, can you imagine what all those nobles and Levites and princes, all those Jews thought? When here comes this great big crowd of Babylonians riding those horses with their swords drawn. Hey, man, and here, <laughs> here comes old Nehemiah riding right along with an armed guard. Hey, they can't nobody touch him. Why? Because God had. God had him enveloped. Hey, listen. It don't, it don't strain God to take care of you. 
It don't strain God to protect you. Hey, listen, the Bible said we're in his hand. No man can pluck us out of his hand. We're in God's hands, amen. But the Bible said there, not only was there protection, but all the supplies that he needed. Everything that he needed to do the building. Listen, if God sends you, and that's one thing he said, I want you to send me. If you ask to be sent, God will send you. Hey, don't ask if you don't want to go. Oh, Isaiah said, hear my Lord, send me. He said, that fire touched my lips and I saw myself like I was. I done saw God hide, holy, lifted up, and the train filled the temple and the smoke. That's the kind of glory of God. He said, look at me, I'm a man of unclean lips. But then God touched him, amen. And the Bible said, who will go for me? And Isaiah said, I'm right here, God send me. Let me go. Let me be that one. Huh? Are you asking that? Here my Lord send Chris. Huh? I've been trying to get him to go to Jamaica. Hey, listen, you can preach, brother. I know. Would you listen at that? Son, I was just getting you ready for that great airplane ride we're going to take to glory. Thank God. I know we'll have another body, though, won't we? <laughs> hey, man, it'll be all right. I was scared, too. But you know what? My stomach wouldn't go no further in here when it jumped up there. <laughs> hey, man, uh, God prepared me for that, and I was ready for it. I wanted to preach, and I wanted to build. Hey, man, God had me something to do. And he let me do it. The reply was definite. God will use you if you'll make yourself available. Do you know the greatest ability that you have? Availability. Someone's been listening, ain't they? Are you available? Have you said, Lord, here's my body, use it. That's what Paul said, I beseech you therefore, uh, brethren, by the mercies of God. And he did say brethren, brother. Yeah, he talked to the church. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He said there needs to be a sacrificial presentation right here. Amen. And be not conformed to this world. That's how you do it. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Well, who are you proving it to, Chris? You going to prove it to God? Hey, listen, has it ever occurred to you nothing's ever occurred to God? Amen, he doesn't knew it. We can't prove anything to God. God already knows, you see. So who are we proving it to? By the mercies of God, we're presenting our bodies a living sacrifice that we can be the salt of the earth. Amen. That we can be the light of the world. We're ambassadors in His stead. Therefore, listen. <laughs> Glorify God in your body and your spirits, which are the Lord's, the Bible said. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. When God tells you to go, you don't have a right to say no. You say, well, I can choose anything I want to. Yeah, do that and see how it works out for you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> hey, listen, I run from preaching for a lot of years. And I've got the scars to prove it. What's God told you to do? He said, preacher, I can't do nothing. Oh, yeah. You can pray just as much as anybody. You can exercise them prayer bones. But listen, the king granted me according to what? What I'm preaching on, the good hand of God was upon me. <laughs> listen, after he got a definite reply, the Bible said, so he went. I came to the governors, he'd give them the, he'd give them the, the letters that uh, the king had given him. He said, so I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. I rose in the night, I and some few men with me. Neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do. So we see that God been talking to him, you see. 
God done put it in his heart what he needed to do. God had done give him everything he needed to do it with. God had given him people to convey him over. God had sent, uh, had the king to send him. Now listen. Second thing that happened, when the hand of God was upon him, he went and reviewed the damage, Chris. Look at it. The Bible said that there was, when God had put my heart to do it, Jerusalem, neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rode on. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and the dung poured and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down. The gates thereof were consumed with fire. So I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, and there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. And I went up by night to the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. What was he doing? He was looking at the damage. He was assessing what needed to be done. Sidney Hall, before I went to Jamaica the second time, called me and says, what do you want me to do? I, I think I need to do this and I think I need to do that and, and here's the situation. Can you tell me, preacher? I said, nope, can't tell you nothing. Why not? I said, I hadn't looked at it. I don't know what material we need. I don't know what uh, circumstances there in those churches and on those roofs until I look at it. Amen? I'd be stupid for me to give, come to your house and give you a price on something you needed done not even look at it, wouldn't it? Woo, I hope GM's listening. That's what they do a lot of times. And then expect me to take care of it. Amen? <laughs> Listen, he was viewing the walls. He was looking. He was reviewing the damage that had taken place. He has taken inventory. Have you took inventory lately in your life? Those walls that are built is what God's put up around us to keep the devil at bay. Our walls of prayer, our walls of Bible study, our walls of dedication to the house of God, our walls of dedication to prayer for each other. You know what God's given us that for? Hey, listen. God's given us that so we can review and look at the damage. We can know and assess what's going on in our lives and what we need. Huh? All those walls at different places was broken down. And the Bible said in chapter 4 and verse 2, there was rubbish laying around. But you know what? Those three men there that laughed and scorned them said, are you going to take this rubbish, take the stones out of that rubble and rebuild this wall? They laughed at them. Well, you see, they didn't realize, but they were actually telling them, all the materials are, you just got to dig it out of the junk. Everything that you need from God's right here. Huh? Everything to keep those walls intact in your life. To keep that protective wall and that hedge about you just like God done for Job. It's right there, folks. You have it. Amen. You're a vessel of meat for the master's use. You're a vessel of honor if you purge yourself of these things. But all those walls were broken down. But God had supplied everything they need. But Jeremiah took three... Or, Excuse me, Nehemiah took three days and went and looked at everything and viewed everything and took inventory of everything. You know why God wants you to repent every day? You know why God wants you to look at yourself every day? You know why you need to come to the house of God and hear the word of God? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Listen, that preacher don't just dislike you. He preaches things that hit you right at home. Thank God so you can take care of it, so you can take inventory of your life. So you can see, listen, a doctor will tell you what's wrong with you. Amen. So you can do something about it. That's what the Word of God does. That's why we're weak and anemic because we never read it. Amen. We don't need another book. We need to read the one we got and practice the one we got. We need to take inventory of our lives and let the Word of God say, here's where you're wrong at. Here's where you're weak at. Here's where the devil's attacking you at. Here's where the walls broke down in your life. Now do something about it. So listen. <laughs> he reviewed the damage. He took inventory and saw what was going on. And listen, he hadn't said, the Bible said that he had not said one word, neither had I yet, as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. Listen. 
when God gives you a definite answer and you review where you stand with him, you take inventory of where you're at with God. Listen, I've asked this question in the message before, I believe. But if everybody in this church right here, listen to me now real close. If everybody in Charity Mission Free Will Baptist Church was as close to God and as spiritual as you are, what kind of church would we have? Huh? If everybody's praying as much as you, how much would we pray? If everybody's reading their Bible as much as you are, how much would we be reading their Bible? If everybody is attending God's house like you do. Whoa, wait a minute now, preacher. You're meddling. No, I ain't. I'm preaching. Amen. I wouldn't have said that. Well, that's why God put me up here and you out there. Amen. Hey, listen, we need to take inventory sometime and see where we're at really with God. Oh, it'll be all right. No, it won't. Amen. No, it won't. God expects us to give him our best 100%. And when we view the damage and see what's going on, listen. Last thing I want to say is this, and I'll try to hurry. Verse 17 through 20, Nehemiah revealed the direction that's going to go. God done put it in his heart, see. But he had to take inventory and see everything that needed to be done. See how bad it was before he told them what God had put in his heart. Listen. Are you in the right direction? Are you going with God? Or are you going with self? Are you walking the path that God wants you to walk? Or are you, you just lagging behind catching up every once in a while? The Bible said Enoch walked with God, not ahead of God, not behind God. Enoch walked with God, was not, for God took him. I mean, there was a relationship there. That word walked with God meant rank and file, just like the army does. Right in the place you're supposed to be. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That's the way Enoch was walking with God. Here I am, God. He walked with God and was not. Why? Because God took him. Amen. He had fellowship with God. And God took him. Listen. You know the ones that God's coming back for? Listen to me now. You know the one that God's coming back for? He's coming back for the blood-bought bunch. He's coming back for those that have found fellowship with God. Amen. Well, I know you can get out of fellowship with God sometimes. You need to repent. You need to do it every day. But boy, I mean, listen, there is a birth that took place when you got saved and made you a part of the family of God. But listen, we need to stay in fellowship with God. Amen. He revealed a direction that is going to go. You know why you need to hear the word of God preached? God reveals your direction. God lets you know if you're going the wrong way or not. Boy, I tell you, you look at the young crowd of people today, they're all going, most of them are going the wrong direction or going down the wrong road. Why? Because they're listening to man instead of to God. Huh? Listen, if you got children, get them in the house of God where you can hear the preacher. Amen. He'll tell them the right way. He'll tell them direction that they need to go. But listen, Nehemiah revealed the direction that God had. Even though he wasn't a builder, he was a cupbearer. Listen, the Bible said in verse 17, he revealed the direction. Then he said unto them, You see the distress that we're in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. What was that direction? Listen, first of all, he exhorted them. He said, You see the distress? You see the shape that we're in? See the shape the walls are in? See the shape this city's in? You see the shape the church is in? You see the shape your life's in? And how far you can get down the road away from God and buck up on God and stub up on God? And that's what had happened with Israel. He said, You see the distress we're in? It's lying waste. The gates are burned with fire. Listen, he said, Let us. Let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more reproach. Not only did he exhort them, he began to enlist help. Amen. He started enlisting. <laughs> uh, just like the army does. He started signing them up. But you know the first two words he said? 
the most important words he said. He said, let us. Did you get that? Listen, a dictator says go. A leader says let's go. Amen. Amen. I guarantee if there's something to do at the house of God, Brother Dennis will be here. He might be a little bit late, but he'll be here. Amen. He'll pick up a hammer or do anything that needs to be done. And that's the way all of us are to be. Hey, if there's something going to be done to the house of God, I want to be here. I want to be a part of it. I want that blessing, thank God. I want to have my hands in it. Why? Because God will bless it if we do. It said, let us build up the wall. He was encouraging and enlisting the people of God. We don't want to be a reproach anymore. And he said, then I told them. Ah, now he's beginning to reveal. He's telling them why he's enlisting them. He's telling them why I'm encouraging you. Let's build the wall. He said, then I told them, listen again, of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. He began to say, you know what? I believe he told them about that four months he was there in the hole praying. He told them about being sad before the king. He told them about weeping and praying and fasting. He told them how God had burdened his soul for the people and for the city. He told them what God had put in his heart to do. Huh? When the man of God's standing up here preaching, folks, he ain't just battering you. He's telling you what God put on his heart. Amen. He's telling you about the hand of God that's upon him. And not only the hand of God, but the good hand of God. God's been good, ain't he, brother? God's been good in my life. Oh, yeah, he said twice about the good hand of God that was upon him. God's good hand, thank God, has made a reply and answered us. God's good hand has let us reveal, uh, a look and review the damage in our life and take inventory. And it's God's good hand right here. The Bible said that as Nehemiah began to encourage them and tell them what God had put on his heart, he said, let me tell you about the king's words. You'll get that in a minute now. <laughs> Let me tell you what the king said. Oh yeah, the king granted me all the supplies. The king sent me. The king gave me safety in going. Are you listening to me? Thank God I've got the words of that old book. <laughs> hey man, I've got a message from heaven. I've got the words of the king said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I thank God I've got the words that said, I'll go with you always, even unto the end of the world. I've got them words that says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I've got that book, thank God, said that God has all power in heaven and in earth, glory to God. I've got the king's words. And brother, I'll tell you, that king's word meant something in that day. Listen. I've got the one that said, I'll meet all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. I've got the good word of the king and the good hand of God. Listen, do you know when God's hand's on you? Do you know? Can you feel it when God's hand's on you? Oh, yeah. Thank God. Boy, couldn't you imagine old John the Revelator laying there like a dead man? Whew, glory to God. And he said that one that stood in the midst of the fire come up and touched him. Whoa. <laughs> glory to God. I've felt that hand, hadn't you? I've felt that touch. I know, thank God, that touch from that hand. And I know when them words speak. Sometimes it's a still, small voice. But I know when God speaks to my heart and says, son, everything's going to be all right. Oh, yes. I think about old Mary and Martha there. When they come told him, Jesus is on the way. I wonder if they said, cheer up, honey. Jesus is on the way. <laughs> hey, man, glory to God. But not only did they encourage me, it said the king's word was spoken. And they said, let us rise up and build. Did you notice it said, they said, not Nehemiah said. Nehemiah said, let's raise up and build. 
Let me tell you what God done for me. Let me tell you what God told me with his word, what the king said. And the king granted me according to the good hand of God all that I needed. And the Bible said, they said. <laughs> let us rise up and build. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. They were empowered. Then verse 20 said, I answered him and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we as servants will arise and build, but ye have no portion. There was an expectation there that's taking place. He said, we're going to get up and we're going to build. I don't know nothing about it, but God's given me everything and God's going to show me. And if you look on over in there, all of them that was building was priests and apothecaries and Levites, amen, sheep herders, them that didn't know anything about building, there was just a few people, and some of them didn't want to be there, the Bible said, that did, did know a little bit about building. God took a bunch of old ragtags that didn't know nothing about building and done a humongous, listen, done 12 acres of walls at different places and put those beams back in place. Listen, you say, I can't do nothing. I don't know nothing. Hey, that's the kind that God wants, amen? That's the kind that God's enlisted. That's the kind that God can use when they realize, I know I can't do it, but God can through me. <laughs> but the Bible said those three, Tobiah and Geshem, and I can't remember the other's name, but anyway, <laughs> Sandballot, right? They all three laughed and scorned at him. They made fun of him, despised him. But you know what he said? My God. The good hand of my God. My God will prosper us. We're going to rise up and build. And you know what? You ain't got no portion in it. You don't get none of the blessing. You, and, and you'll see later on in that, chat, in that book, if you read it, they come against him several times and sent letters and blah, blah, and tried to stop the work. And old Nehemiah said, the people have a mind to work. Had a trowel one hand and a sword in the other. Hey, 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 listen, God gave them the ability to do the undoable and think the unthinkable. Why? Because one man prayed. Are you listening to me? If you got a burden for this church, pray for it. It might be your prayer that brings everything in line, that breaks out a great revival here and many souls being saved. You say, preacher, I don't know about that. That's why it ain't happening. Huh? Let's bow our heads. Brother Chris, come to the pen if you would for just a minute. I've tried to give you tonight what God put on my heart. I've tried to give you tonight what it'll take for us to do the work that God's given us to do. If you need to come to the altar tonight and talk to God, would you come? Would you come? I know I've run a little bit long, looks like, by this watch, but that's okay. I'll give you what God told me to give you tonight. Are you ready to work? Are you ready to put the trowel in one hand and the sword in the other? Are you ready to be used of God and let God have his way with you? Come and talk to the Lord about it tonight, would you? Come and tell God. First broken places in your life, first broken places around you, about you, your home, your family, whatever is bothering you, would you come tonight? Just lay it down at this altar and say, God, I want you to have it. God, I can't do it without you. You want to come? Come and pray. Come and pray, would you? God, touch your heart. If you need to come. What it takes for God to work is you. What it takes for God for His will to be done is you, folks. You say, oh, God can do it without me. Sure He can, but He wants to use you. God wants to use you. God wants you to have the blessing that you'll get from just laying it all down with Him. Would you come?
while they're praying, if you need to come, come right quickly. While they're praying, if you need to come, come and talk to God. What a great story in the Word of God. If you need to come, come. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand to our feet if you would. God bless everybody. Thank you for your attention tonight. What a blessing it's been to be here at God's house. I hope the the message helped you or hurt you, like the preacher says. If you liked it or hated it, tell me the truth. <laughs> anybody, a word from anybody? Need to say anything before we go?